Good evening, good afternoon, good uh, morning to some, depending on who's listening to it and when, where, and what time zone you might be in. But welcome to another episode of Becoming Established Podcast. That is a branch off from Establishing You Ministries that you got me, myself, and I, the host, Chris Duncan. And again, like last week, or not last week, it's been two weeks, um, like the last episode, we have a guest and or possibly guests that will be joining us. We've got my little brother, Shamante, and another little brother that's walking around. We're, we done crashed some, my, my brother's apartment, so he's walking around doing stuff, but... I gave him the green light so he may pop in here and bless us with some of his wisdom because he's uh, very knowledgeable in this subject. So as like on the last episode, we was talking about proper perspective and perception and making sure that, you know, you view things the right way. You look at life, how you're looking at life the right way and how you are pretty much um, and pretty much leading to what it is that goes on in your mind that helps you break down the perception and perspective on how you view yourself, how you view others, uh, how you view life, how you view your circumstances, your situations, how, you know, life hand, how life is handled and all across the board. And from that, we're going to kind of piggyback off that last one. And then, oh, womp womp. We're going to piggyback off that last one. (laughs) And, um, pretty much that's where we're, what's going to lead us into that, into today's episode. And on today's topic, we're going to be covering um, the voices in your head. And not to say it in a way that, you know, makes people sound crazy or like everybody needs to be strapped up in a room padded with mattresses or anything of that sort. But um, everybody has voices in their head. Everybody has a, a voice or voices that influence them. You know, some people call them your conscience. Some people say it's, you know, your guardian angel on one shoulder and a devil on another shoulder. Some people say, you know, it's just, you know, somebody talking to you. You're hearing something about, you know, something, you know, some there's a whole bunch of voices that all sound like you. It's like, you know, all across the board, there are voices that in, that people end up hearing in their mind that it's hard to navigate through. So, you know, we can't really talk about, you know, trying to have a, the proper perspective and perception in life when overall, you know, to get go a little deeper with things, we have to analyze how it is that we handle what goes on in our mind, how we handle the traffic, how we handle what things are being said to us, you know, how, what we're saying to ourselves, because I was going to do a Facebook Live, and I think I mentioned it before that I was going to do a um, a podcast about the three kingdoms. I never got around to it, but to start us off, I believe that's a good starter start team point is there's three kingdoms in this world. It's like we've got the kingdom of heaven or God's kingdom. We've got the earth, earth, earthly. Gosh, excuse me. I can't speak. We got the earthly kingdom, which is, you know, mankind, ourselves. Then from ourselves, you've got, you know, your flesh, you've got your will, you've got your emotions, you've got your pain. You've got a whole lot of you got your soul. It's like there's a whole lot of stuff that all encompasses pretty much your own voice. But then opposite or not opposite, but standing next to that, we also have the kingdom of darkness. So it's just like from those three kingdoms, you all have uh, you overall have um, influence from each and every one of them. You've got 
angels that can speak to you. You've got the Holy Spirit that can speak to you. You've got Jesus that can speak to you. You've got God the Father that can speak to you. Then on top of that, you've got demonic entities that can speak to you, dark uh, dark spirits that can speak to you. And then you've got, like I said before, yourself that, you know, your flesh tells you things, your desires tell you things. Um, the pain that you might have been, that something that you might have been going through for years, your trauma has a voice. It's like there's so many voices that end up going on in our head. How do we navigate it? How are we able to pick apart what's what, who's who, and then use what's being said in our mind to be able to grow further into a more mature person, more mature Christian, or just overall a better person instead of, you know, following the lead of what's being said to us because oftentimes we don't know what we don't know the source of who's saying what but all because some you know quote unquote something told us to do it which leads to you know some of the mass murders that we've heard about you know some of the school shootings that we've heard about it's like there's a whole lot of stuff that ends up happening that's detrimental to mankind all based on the fact that somebody told me to or a voice told me to so yeah, welcome to today's episode. But um I'm I, I'll start it off with just pretty much my perspective on things or my perception on things. It's like because the last time that we was talking about perspective and perception, it's like, you know, I know that it's something that I've talked about and me and Navea both uh spoke on was, you know, what it is that we're saying to ourselves. It's like in order to grow and mature, in order to change the way that you're thinking, how you know, how you handle things and how you approach things, it's like you have to figure out or pay attention to what goes on in your mind as far as in who you're listening to. It's like for myself, a whole lot of my problems came from me being stuck in my own mind because, you know, I never really openly verbally said it, but I was a highly, highly, highly deep overthinker. It's like, and because I was an overthinker, I would think about a situation or see a situation, see how something was happening. And then from there, next thing you know, I was jacked up in myself because one little small trigger would then become me replaying that that trigger. So then once I replay that trigger, I start talking to myself about that trigger so much so that then a reality is then formed in my imagination off of that trigger so then once that imagination is formed from that trigger then I'm start I start equating what's happening in my mind to how I'm feeling or how I should feel and then based on how I should feel and what I am feeling I then end up believing what I am feeling and then pretty much it gets it, it's, it's a huge down spiral that happens quickly all because I was listening to myself but another another way to pretty much navigate what goes on in your head is I'll break it down this way. You've got a voice that either if uh, if the voice is telling you to do something against yourself or negative to yourself or something that will end up resulting in pain, misery, loneliness, depression, anxiety, sadness, uh, you know, I think I said depression already, but you know, anything that is on a, on a negative tone, then obviously that voice is from a, from the dark kingdom. And then if the voice is something that feeds yourself or something that, you know, Hey, look, uh, if I do this or go through this, would I feel better? Or would this be something to help me numb from numb the pain and, you know, or 
if is this going to be something that can temporarily, you know, help me to get through things? It's like more than likely those are coming from your soul because we're trying to find an easy fix or a quick fix. And then any type of voice that comes along that ends up giving you a positive perspective to uplift you, to bring you peace, to bring you joy, to bring you love, to bring you comfort. Uh, that words that come in kindness, they come in gentleness, they come uh, come, in, uh, come in peace. And I don't know, like, alien sense of, you know, I come in peace type thing, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. It's like, you know, does the voice that you're hearing bring peace? Does it bring a settling in your spirit? Does it bring a settling in your soul, in your heart? Does it bring um, comfort? Does, you know, even though you might not recognize the voice, does that voice, um, does that voice make you feel a sense of love? That more than likely, or I ain't gonna say more than likely, is a voice of an angelic being or the uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's like so. Take a quick second and just pause and think about it. What all? What all happens in your mind? Like on the day to day basis, when you wake up, it's like you wake up. And then next thing you know, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Oh, woe is me. Oh, here it goes another day. Oh, why do we got, you know, I don't want to go to work today. It's like, you know, the second that you wake up to the time you go to sleep and even, even sometimes while you sleep, your brain doesn't stop talking. And that's why it's hard for a whole lot of people to navigate life because, you know, navigate life, their circumstances, their situations and everything because of the fact of everything and all the traffic that's going on in your mind. So, you know, hopefully today we can help put some, uh, what are them things called? Traffic cops. <laughs> help place some traffic cops in places, you know, so that way, you know, you can help get a better navigation on, um, on, on what goes on in your head. Because it's possible, you know, a whole lot of people don't think it's possible. It's like, you know, oh, well, you know, this is what I think. I can't help what my mind thinks. I can't help what goes on in my mind. But there's a scripture that says, cast down every vain imagination that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. If you are a person that reads the Bible, everything that God says about you is positivity. Everything that God says about you is light. Everything that God says about you is life. Everything that God says about you is love, is building you to the identity of the person and individual that he's trying to create you to be. And then at the same time, everything that God ends up speaking over you is to bring you into a new creation and a new creature that God is forming you into. So, dang Sorry, I just got sidetracked and now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so if you so in that, yeah, so if the voices that you're hearing or if oh shoot, yeah, I don't lost all train of thought. What did y'all do? <laughs> you dozing off? There's no dozing off. Um Yeah, the how to handle the traffic. Um so, yeah, if the voices end up telling you, you know, if everything that everything that's from God is something that ends up bringing you to a point in a place of peace that, that, you know, he's trying to uplift you. He's trying to bring you to a new identity. He's trying to deliver you out of something. It's like that overall is the number one voice that you should be listening to. But because it's hard for us to accept positivity in, all, in a whole lot of instances. We jack ourselves up by ignoring any type of positive affirmation that might be coming from the Holy Spirit. And then because of that, we end up more jacked up in ourselves trying to figure out that all oh, nobody loves me. All oh, nobody cares. 
I'm in this alone. It's like, you know, sometime throughout your day, you're going to hear from God because God don't never stop speaking. And he's always trying to reach out to his children. But then at the same time, you're always going to hear from yourself because you have desires that come from yourself. But then at the same time, you're always going to hear voices that are coming from the demonic realm just because they're trying to always influence you to, to do something detrimental that is either harmful to somebody else or something that's self-pleasing to yourself to feed your pride. It's like, you know, that's why I said, you know, take a second and evaluate what all thoughts pop up from the time that you wake up, while you're at work, while you're picking the kids up from school, whatever the case might be. It's like, you know, while you're sitting at home trying to just wash the dishes, what type of thoughts pop pop in your head? It's like because without realizing it, a whole lot of individuals are who they are today because of the navigation of what goes on in their head. That's true. Are you dozing off? Heard say something. Wake up and say something. Speak to the people. Um, just like Chris was saying, oh, I'm Shamonte, <laughs> Shamonte Johnson, and um, one of the things that I dealt with concerning this is not only was I overthinker, I was a critical thinker of myself. Uh, does not matter how many people who tried to affirm me or say something positive within me, I could always locate something that I did not like about myself. So to overcome that, you have to learn what God says about you. When you finally get it into your mind, what God says about you, your own thoughts cannot hurt you. Nobody else's thoughts cannot hurt you. Um, I could replay a whole scenario in my mind before anything even happens. I was that bad of an overthinker or something may happen and I'm going to immediately think negative. I'm going to immediately think the worst about it instead of trying to find the beauty in process and the beauty in journey. I was always the one who was first to pick out what's wrong or or what the negative scenario was. So you overcome all that by learning what the word says. Um, like Chris was saying, how the Bible says you cast down those thoughts. You have to learn how to cast down those thoughts. Thoughts come, they go, but you are the ones who cast down those thoughts. See, thank you. Because that's what I was saying about casting down vain imaginations that try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. I'm glad you said that because I was over seriously trying to figure out what I was saying. <laughs> but that's step one. If we're going to put any, um, I think that's something that I've been doing throughout all these podcasts is giving you step one, step two, and giving you kind of labels, not labels, but little bullet points. I'll say that's bullet point number one. In order to first learn how to navigate your mind, you have to go to God to figure out what God says about you. But you can't do anything until you find out what God says about you. It's like, you know, a whole lot of people, you know, shameless plug, don't believe God. They say that the Bible was written by man. They say that, you know, if, you know, God, you know, there's a whole lot that people say. But it's like, how can, okay, how can, how is it that, how is it that Christians find so much peace in life? If God's not real, how is it that, you know, yes, there's some Christians that are hypocritical, 
But, you know, for the majority that actually do have the heart of God, they're able to show love. They're, they're able to walk in peace. They're able to think peacefully. They're always uh, able to bless others, give to others. It's like, you know, if you actually separate the good Christians from the bad Christians and actually see that, you know, and see the image of those that actually have a actual relationship with God, you'll notice that, you know, what God says is true. And based off the fact that, that God is true, you end up um, you end up noticing that what he says in the Bible is true, because a whole lot of people say that the Bible was hypocritical and contradictory, contradictional. Is that even a word? It is today, but it's contradictory and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like a whole lot of people read the Bible with their own understanding. It's like when you go to read the Bible, you're supposed to pray first and ask the Holy Spirit to open up your eyes and your eyes of understanding. So that way, when you do read the Bible, you're able to read the Bible from the sense and from the viewpoint of how God wants you to read uh, read things. Because there's a scripture that says, you know, let I know a whole I know a whole lot of scripture, but I don't always know where they come from. I need to work on that part. But there's a scripture that says, let this mind be in Christ also be in me. Philippians, Philippians, Whoa, dang y'all good. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's, see, that's the, that's what we talk about next week is community is we're going to segue into that at by the end of this, but yeah, dang, now I want to say stuff about that, but okay, we'll wait until next week for that one. Oh. Oh, sorry. I pushed a button on my phone. I thought it went away. Woo! Um, okay, like they just said. What? What? Where'd that come from? Philippians 2 and 5. So Philippians 2 and 5 says, you know, let this mind be in Christ also be in me. In other words, it's possible for you to just simply pray that and ask God, help bring my mind peace. Help, help my mind to establish the positive from the negative. Help me to discern your voice out of the voices in my head. Help me to hear you and hear you clearly so that way, you know, and give me confirmation that what I am hearing is from you. Because whenever you give, whenever you start praying things of, th- things of that sort, you are then entering a point to where you are now entering a spiritual warfare uh, mind frame. So by you entering a spiritual warfare mind frame, you're saying that anything that's not like God has to bow down because you're calling on the name of Jesus. And because the name of Jesus holds and, you know, holds all power and there's no name above his name, anything else that is trying to speak to you has to be quiet and has to bow down and be lesser than the voice of God. So then that's how that, that's how your mind gets peace. That's how your mind gets understanding. That's how your mind is able to cope with every, or get, find the peace and, uh, the uh, solidification of all, everything that might be ping-ponging throughout your mind all throughout the day. So that's, you know, like he said, step one is find out what God says about you. It's like, so when you cast down those vain imaginations, you be like, hey, look, this isn't a thought that I would, be, you know, even if you're fresh in it, this isn't a thought that I believe God would have for me to think. So, you know, because of that, you know, even if it's something that keeps coming up, okay, because for instance, I'll tell on myself, it's like, you know, after, you know, I've been delivered from pornography, praise God, but, whoop. <laughs> but in that, it's like, even though I had stopped watching, that don't mean that my mind hadn't taken screenshots and uh, video recordings, uh, what the, what's it called, screen recording, you know, it's like, my mind screen recorded everything that I watched, 
So I'd be minding my own business at work, and next thing you know, a whole entire video, you know, five minute video clip of some you know girl doing things to herself is playing in my mind. So then next thing you know, I'm jacked up all over again. It's like you know, even though yes, I didn't go and watch it physically, my mind was bringing that back up. So it's just like because my mind was bringing that back up, I you know I kept sitting there thinking, no, I'm not, I can't think this. I'm you know I'm deliver you know I've been delivered from this. I'm not gonna think this. It's like, but I wasn't casting those cares and those thoughts to God. So because I was trying to handle it in my own uh, strength and my own power, I was failing. So then next thing you know, I, by me sitting there trying to know, I'm not going to think about this. I'm not going to think about this. Then next thing you know, because I kept playing with the thought uh, that I'm not going to think about it, I was continuing to think about it because I was trying not to think about it. And as jacked up as that sounds, the next thing I know, I'm, you know, feeling some type of way. And then next thing you know, I'm in the bathroom masturbating. You know, it's, it, it's, it, 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 yeah, it has happened. It happens. It's like, you know, it's like, it's so easy for our minds to get us back into trap places. It's easy for our minds to get us back into situations. It's easy for our minds to keep us trapped in a mind frame and in a life that we're trying to escape out of all because we try to handle those voices in our own power. That's why it says to cast those cares and uh, cast everything or cast those cares to God. That's why it says to, you know, um, cast down those vain imaginations. So in those moments that, yes, those thoughts or those voices might have tried to come back up in that moment. That's when you stop and be like, you know what? God, help help to silence these voices. God, I'm giving you these thoughts. God, you know, it's like because. That's why he's our redeemer. That's why he's uh, our savior. That's why he's our comforter. That's why he's our provider, our sustainer. You know, when oftentimes we're like, oh, he's our sustainer, meaning he'll, you know, sustain us from bill to bill or he'll sustain us, you know, from meal to meal or something. But no, when it says that he's our sustainer, it means in everything, he'll sustain your mind. He'll sustain your heart. He'll sustain your soul. He'll sustain, you know, everything that needs to be sustained. And for a good majority of my, my, my processing, that was my mind. God helped me sustain, help to sustain my mind, to keep my mind off of the things that are keeping me running back to the things that I'm trying to run away from, to help keep me from, you know, all the things that are, you know, that are pretty much trying to contradict your word and contradict who it is that I know that I am, because you say that I'm free, but yet these thoughts and uh, these thoughts and these images and voices in my head are telling me I'm nothing but a failure. I'm nothing but, you know, I'm, I'm a bastard son, you know. I'm never going to be able to give my kids any type of love because I don't know what love is. And, you know, it's like those thoughts and those voices always have something to contradict who it is that God has called you to be. And that's pretty much the overall basis. It's like if you OK, another plug, if you if you want to know who it is that God says that you are, let's uh, do the opposite of what those voices tell you for the voices that say you're a failure, you're nothing. You know, you're you're a loser. You're this, you're that. Well, why would those voices be trying so hard to get you to think otherwise if or try to think you try to get you to think that if God, you know, if there's not something better? It's like, yes, we might have failed in some situations. Yes, we might have, you know, dropped the ball in some situations. But overall, you know, if God says that, you know, you're um, you're first and not last, that you're more than a conqueror, that you are uh, that, you know, you're that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. So even in your weak moments, you're still strong. It's like, you know, it all goes back to what Shemante said. Overall, it just all goes back to what Shemante said. 
Get in the word of God and find out what he says about you. Even if you don't have a Bible, you have a phone. And because you have a phone, Google is your best friend. All you have to do is type in Google or Yahoo or uh, what are some other search engines? Uh, Download that Bible app. Or download the Bible app. You know, it's like, you know, you could easily. I got a whole stack of um, scriptures right there on that desk printed out. You can easily go to something and start and search. What does God say about me? What does God say about my mind? What does God say about my heart? What does he say about my self-esteem? What does he say about my individuality? What does he say about his love for me? It's like because once you're able to grasp and actually believe what it is that God says about you, it's a whole lot easier to start navigating all the things that pop up in your mind. You said you had something? We passing around. Okay, you guys. So bullet number one was learn what the word of God says. Number two would be when God gives you a strategy for your deliverance, maintain that. Um, I was heavily addicted to pornography and masturbation, and the Lord gave me a strategy to listen to worship music while I sleep. And when I feel those enticing thoughts and feelings to yield to him. But when I failed to follow the strategy, I always ended up failing and going right back to what God had delivered me from. So one thing is one thing to know the word, but it's another thing when God gives you a strategy because first uh, Corinthians I think it's 10 and 13 it says god will give you a way of escape um nobody he he even goes beyond that and says that he won't allow you to be tempted more than you can bear that he would always give you a way of escape so when he gives you that way of escape when he gives you that strategy to maintain your deliverance follow it even if you have to do it multiple times a day your main focus should be I want to be delivered. I want to stay delivered. So if God loves us enough to give us a strategy to stay delivered, then we should be obedient enough to yield to him and follow that. Because when you do not follow that, you are always going to fail. Well, amen. Hello, everyone. This is Jacoby Brass. Yeah. <laughs> so we have talked about what was the first one? Um, um. What was the first one? Getting to know the word. Getting to know the word. Getting to know the word. Second one was um, when God reveals a strategy to you, maintain that strategy. The third one, or whatever you want to say, okay, <laughs> this is what I'm going to try to help you. And I'm going to help you through transparency, transparency with my own story. Fresh. So there is a process that... Some people have to go through. Well, really, all people have to go through. What I'm, My point of saying there is a process. It's not overnight. And I'm going to try to help those that need help um, with their mind and their thinking um, know what that process might look like for you. It looks different for everybody, but there's key things that most of us will experience, maybe in different ways, but most of us will. So if you think about your thoughts This is one thing that I found through my own life. My thoughts are only the outcome of the root, but they are not the root. I'll say that one more time. 
my own thoughts, insecurities, doubts, fears, sexual thoughts, all of it. That is the outcome of the root. However, it is not the root. Thoughts um, such as insecurities, doubts, fears, um, sexual stuff, all of those things, low self-esteem, um, poor self-image, even body dysmorphia, all of those thoughts are derived from roots. And usually the roots are somewhere in our childhood. A lot of my own thoughts um, that I had were in my childhood. My name is Jacoby Brass again. And let me tell you something about a little bit about my history. I am a man who was sleeping with men. I am also a man who was watching same sex porn. And I was a man who did a little bit of masturbating, but I didn't really like masturbating. I liked doing the real deal back then. Do I do it now? No. But the, my point of saying all of that is to say what I was doing when I was having sex with men, or watching same-sex porn, it was not the sexual arousal. Now, that part, of course, you get physically pleased in that part, but my point in saying that is because what led me there was my thoughts, and that thought came from a root. So if I had a moment where I felt unsafe, if I had a moment where I needed comfort, if I had a moment where I was lonely, that is what I ran to because that when I was molested, that's what made me feel safe is I was molested by a male. So, you know, that after years of being molested by that male, that that form of release and, you know, in my mind became discontorted and in my mind that became the safety place. You know what I'm saying? So if you know what I mean, a lot of times when people are molested um, over a course of time, their body and their mind becomes accustomed to that activity to the point where they start to enjoy it and then start to define what it is for them. My definition of that became safety. So that's where I ran to for comfort, for, you know, um, love. And that was my interpretation. I went to that because that was learned behavior. My point is saying all that, that was the root, me being sexually abused. But it was not necessarily about my sexual behaviors. And when I start processing the root, that's when the thinking starts to change. And that's when you maintain. You always have to deal with the root of whatever it is that you um, are thinking about. Never think about the surface alone. Always ask yourself or ask someone else or ask a therapist what you know, that can help you process what's going on so that you can get to the root. Because if you can get to the root, you can get to freedom. If you can get to freedom, you can get to deliverance. Sorry, if you get to the root, you can get to deliverance. If you get to deliverance, you can get to freedom. Freedom is when you are free in your mind. You can always be free in your actions, but just because you're free in your action doesn't mean you're free in your mind and heart. It's two different things. If you're not, if you're not free in your thinking, you're still bound. So my point in saying all of that is there is a process. It takes time to renew your mind. My, I had to go through, and I still do go through a series of repurposing. I had to redefine what safety is. I had to redefine where to find comfort. I had to redefine where to find love because it was discontorted. I had to let myself know that hey, you have a safe community of healthy men around you and of saved men around you that you can go to for love, for comfort, for safety. And you do not have to find it in a sexual way because it. this is a safe and healthy way to find it. And not only that, it's a godly way to find it. 
But I had to learn that. I had to walk through and process the unhealthy way that I found that to get to the healthy way. So it is a process that you have to go through. And when the Bible talks about transformation, transformation is a radical um, extravagant change that a person goes through. So what my point is saying that is it takes time and it looks different for everybody. So if you are one of those people that struggle with comparison, do not compare your process to others. Don't take away the beauty of your process because it looks like, because it doesn't look like anybody else. It's okay. You can say preach. My point in saying that is when you, um, I'm going to use my own life as an example because that's just how I am. So because I was so deeply into sexual perversion, it ta- it's going to take a minute. Now, this is years upon years of me doing all of this. So it took, and it does still, I'm still going through it. It takes a minute for your brain to retract. It takes, yeah. like people say, it takes 21 days to build a habit. It takes about a good six months for your brain to get used to your new and healthy ways of finding safety, love and comfort or wherever or whatever it is in your case. So for me, I had to know that when I get off of work, this is a real life example. When I get off of work and it's a Friday. Now Fridays and Saturdays was my days to go out and sin. So I am very aware that when it comes to a Friday or a Saturday night, the 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 time that I get tempted the most is around midnight because that's usually when I was out in the streets. My brain is not that I'm wanting to go out in the midnight hour now and have sex with a man. That's not it. My brain is communicating to my body. It's time to go out. It's time to go get this release because that's what I taught it. So now I have to tell my brain and my body, no, that's not what we do. We go to the presence of God. We go to the word of God. We go to community. That's where we go to now. We do not go that way because that's not who I am. And another key factor is as soon as a thought um, comes to my mind, I grasp it so that I won't soak in the thought. If you soak in the thought, you're already doing it. So if you're if your imagination is roaming and going and you know all of that, you're already doing it. I don't soak in my thoughts. I sit there and say, hey, as soon as I feel a temptation or a thought come to my mind, I say, hey, what is it that I'm needing? And then you also have to think about what if people aren't available? What if what if no one is available at that point and you have to, you know, you have to figure out what you're gonna do. One thing that I do is I will step outside of my house. I'll sit on my hands or I'll do something maybe weird and crazy to other people, but I'll do something for me. And I'm and while I'm doing it, I'm talking to God and I'm like, my answer is no. I mean, and me communicating with God solidifies that no. So there is a process to it and it does take time. And the number one key um, factor the one one key tool that you have to use in order to um, get free and stay free is consistency. You have got to be consistent. You gotta be consistent, and your no to what is old has to be so strong and secure. If you are debating in your mind, and I used to do this all the time. If you are debating in your mind, say, "Oh, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know. You know. You know. I don't know." If you know, if I want to go download Grinder, this is a real life example of what I used to do. Jacoby, I don't know if I want to, you know, download Grinder right now, or I don't know if I don't want to. You know, as if you're in a debate, 
then you already made your decision. You're going to do it. You have got to be secure in your no. And if you not, you fight for it. But you don't fight alone. You fight by using the word of God. You fight by going to stay at the night of somebody else. You fight by, hey, whenever you feel that temptation, run out the house, go on a walk, do whatever you need to do. Go on a car ride or whatever it is um, that you need to do to maintain that freedom. But know that there is a process and also know that it will not be like that always. If you if your no gets stronger, like my spirit, like our spiritual father says, if your no is if you keep your no strong, it'll get easier and easier day by day. And another key factor is always having humility. It doesn't it don't pay. And humility means you're not counting streaks, days and months or how long you're not doing whatever it is that you're doing. Because as soon as you start doing that, it becomes about the streak and not about the transformation you're just trying to do it you're just trying to go on the street you're not trying to be transformed because that's what your mind is focused on streets but if your mind is focused on transformation then it's not so much about the activity it's about the inner change that god is doing within you so what i'm saying is that is my mindset i'm focused on the inner change the inner transformation the inner deliverance the inner healing that god is doing inside of my soul in my heart and mind that's why i don't count the days i don't know how many days or months Months or weeks I've been, you know, I really don't. I can tell you the month, but that's besides the point that I'm just saying I don't know because that's not my focus. So what you focus on in this process also determines the outcome that you get. And that is a form of humility, submitting to the inner change and not um, the outward change. If you get what I'm saying, paying attention to streaks and number of days, and this can be applied to anything. Insecurities is same thing. You you have to track back where that insecurity came from. Who told you that you were ugly? That's a basic example. And how did that make you feel? Then processing those emotions and thoughts through therapy, usually, or some form of counseling, and then you know. Giving yourself time and permission to repurpose those thoughts, to redefine them and dig up those roots so that it can bring you into a new mindset. And then giving yourself time to manage a new mindset and your brain and your mind and your thinking to adapt to the new and know that that's going to take time because there's places in your brain like there's a pleasure place in your brain um, that, you know, when you do some sexual or you do something like smoke cigarette or drink alcohol or whatever it may be, it goes off. And it says, ooh, this feels good. So then if you do it long enough um, over a course of time, then that that's what your brain and your body's going to look for. So it, that's why it takes so much time. Um, but if you are consistent, you will be able to overcome it. But you have got to be consistent and you got to have patience. You got to have long suffering and you got to lean on God as well as people that God has sent in your life. And if you do not have those people, God will send them to you. So you don't have to think that you have to do this alone. God will send you the people, the resources, the connections that you need to get you out of where you are right now. If you believe, if you have faith in Jesus, then he will do it for you. And he can do it for you because he did it for me. He's still doing it for me. My point in saying that is we are in this together. We are in this together. So that is my little spiel on the mind. My little spiel. Because, yeah, he said something that 
Yeah, he said something that uh, it it took me back to some places because overall and pretty much when he mentioned about the roots, that's pretty much where the majority of what goes on in your head comes from. It's like if you always try to find out how did I start thinking this type of stuff or what, where in the world, who, what, when, where, and how, and why. It's like all that stuff is birthed from stuff that has happened to you in your past. It's like, you know, if just because you might have, okay, prime example. <coughs> was it? There was a kid when I was in elementary school that was faster than everybody else in, in the whole entire school. So it's like. You know, I took it upon myself as a challenge. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to beat this kid. He's not faster than me. He's not faster than me. So then at this point in time, it's nothing but positivity. Nothing but go mode. All right. You know what? I'm going to get faster. I'm going to get faster. I'm going to get faster. He ain't faster than me. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm pumping myself up. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So field day comes. If everybody, For those that might not be uh, familiar with what field day was, it was the one day out of um, our school year pretty much at the end of the school year, school year that we got to do relay races, you know, hold the egg, wheelbarrow races, uh, with the egg with the spoon or whatever. It's like we did a whole bunch of little competitions and, you know, you got ribbons for it. So by the time field day was over with, either you was a kid that didn't have any ribbons or just a participation ribbon or you was the kid that had all the blue ribbons, the first, second in the place, you know, Excuse me, the first second, you know, the first, second and third, or you might have, you know, some off color for like seventh place. But regardless of the point, it's like, you know, me and this kid, we lined up and I, I made sure I was right next to him. And I mean, right. Like he was going to see me. <laughs> he was going to see <laughs> me. So they sat there and the little gun goes off and we take off running. And I clearly and I mean, clearly whoop this kid. But what happened? As soon as I passed the finish line, I turned around in such excitement, such joy, because I just beat the fastest kid in the school. But what had happened was, as soon as I had turned around, the PTA moms, all the people from uh, all of the other little students, everybody rushed up to him and was celebrating him like he won. And he's like, oh, you did it. You won. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, did nobody just see I just clearly got, I beat him by not just, like, it wasn't close. And why is everybody ignoring me and then getting, or everybody was ignoring me and then celebrating him? So much so that they came up, handed me a second place ribbon. I saw them hand him the first place ribbon. And then it's like, from there, I had like maybe two or three witnesses that came up to me and was like, that was wrong. And, you know, I was in like maybe third grade, fourth grade, but I still remember that. I'll be 36 in like a week and a half. And I still clearly remember that day because what had happened at that day was the voices of I'm a failure. I'm not enough. I'm going to get overlooked. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm never going to amount to anything because, you know, because of the situation of people ended up, you know, pretty much blatantly just <laughs> overlooked the fact that I won and handed handed another kid my my prize and also celebrated him and you know being ignored all of that it does something to a kid so then from there it's like you know even though it might just seem something as small but it's like no matter how big or small the circumstance and the situation is it gives and opens up the door for the enemy and also yourself to tag team against you and your individuality to start demeaning you. You suck. Mm. You not going to be nothing. 
You're horrible. You're a loser. You're a failure. Uh, well, you might as well kill yourself because ain't nobody going to love you because you're a failure. It's like, you know, the, the voices and the bad thoughts always start off small. But then because they go unchecked, those small thoughts then become something bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to the point to where at first on Monday, it's all, oh, well, I suck. By Tuesday, man, I'm, and I'm, Man, ain't nobody ever going to love me because I, I just really can't get it together. And then by Friday, you know what? I might as well just kill myself because it's just like, you know, it's like that one small little snowflake then becomes a whole entire avalanche in your mind because of the fact that those thoughts go unchecked. So that's why, you know, from what both of them were saying, it's like, you know, you have to, one, trust the process Oh, first get into the word of God. And then once you get into the word of God and actually start admiring, not admiring, allowing God's word to transform your heart and transform your mind, you then enter a process. Once you enter that process from what uh, Jacoby was saying, it's like you take it day by day. By you going day by day, you're allowing God the opportunity to work on you day by day because there's a scripture that says that his mercies, his grace and his mercy is new each and every day. That each and every day, it's not he's not using anything against you, anything against you or any, holding anything from the previous days. It's like each and every day that you wake up is a fresh day to start anew. So in other words, look at your process as in every day that you wake up, this is day one. Next day that you wake up, this is day one. Next day that you wake up, this is day one. It's like by you taking it step by step, day by day, because there's because if you look all throughout scripture, there's never a scripture that says the God runs. It's always walk with him that you always, you know, you walk, uh, that he walks beside you. He's walking with you in green pastures. He's walking with you in the valley of death. It's like he's always walking, but the reason why he's walking is because it's a steady pace. It's one foot after another. It's one in front of the other. It's not a run because by you trying to rush through it, anytime that people end up running, what happened? Okay, let's use it in a scary movie sense. People take off running, what happened? They trip. And because they trip, the killer catches up to them, and the next thing you know, they're getting stabbed up. And it's the same same principle in the natural end as, as it is in the spirit. It's like by you trying to rush through your process and you trying to rush to the end of end of a thing, it's like you end up tripping up so much so that then because you tripped up, that's where condemnation comes in. Because all condemnation is is your own self-guilt and self-shame uh, talking against you and also the voice of the enemy from guilt and shame, spirits of guilt and shame also uh, talking, uh, uh, compounding against your own guilt and shame to talk to you about the fact that you failed. That's all condemnation is. It's like, oh, well, I suck. I didn't did this, man. I can't. Oh, I messed up again. I might as well quit. I might as well give up. It's like, you know, I did so good. I was doing so good but because I had one little small moment. But no, a moment is just that. It's a moment. It's not a monument. It's not a mountain. It's not, you know, something that's hard to get over and something to overcome. It's like if you mess up in a moment, if you mess up in just a small little situation or just, you know, for 30, 30 seconds out of the day, okay, that, so what? You get up and you keep on going. You don't sit there and allow, okay, you know, I've been working on my mind. I've been working on my heart. I've been working on my soul. But Tuesday was a bad day. So because Tuesday was a bad day, I'm just going to throw the whole rest of the week off. No. If Tuesday was a bad day, you wake up with Wednesday as day one and you start all over again. It's like, you know, that's where the grace of God comes in. It's like, you know, we need to stop beating ourselves up so much so over the small little mistakes and mishaps that we have in trying to correct ourselves and work on ourselves when God's grace is sufficient for us. He's with us throughout. You know, that's where his mercy comes into play. It's like he, he's graced us for the journey. 
But uh, he graces through the journey to make it to the expected end that he has for us. But at the same time, that's where his mercy tags into the grace because he's graced us for it. But his mercy is what carries us through because he knows that, you know, we're going to mess up. He knows that we're not perfect. He knows that we're going to have, you know, a bump, uh, a speed bump and a hurdle to go through on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's like, you know, but at the same time. That's where his mercy comes through because he knows your beginning from your end. And because he knows your beginning and your end, from your end and he's the Alpha and the Omega, he, he's appointed, he's appointed uh, everything that you need in, in every situation that you end up coming to. That's why it says that he's given us a way of escape. That's why it says that, you know, that um, he, never, he never allows you to be tempted more than what you can handle because he knows, all right, you know what? This person can handle a little bit more than that person. So because this person can handle a little bit more, I'm still going to make sure that there's a way out, that there's a way of escape, that there's a way that they can end up uh, running away from the situation. Because, okay, I'm reminded, uh, what was that dude, David? Yeah, it was David. Um, when he had, a, he had the king's wife, the queen, sitting there trying to sleep with him and whatnot, and it's just like, you know, she kept on trying to seduce him, kept trying to seduce him, kept trying to seduce him. See this in every situation in your life. You know, she kept trying to seduce him. She kept trying to seduce him. And she grabbed him by the coat and, you know, was trying. And what he do? He took off running to the point where his robe got stripped off of him and everything. And he ran away butt naked. That's how it is that we need to treat everything that comes up to us in life. It's like, you know, every time that we get tempted, every time that we get tempted. Huh? That was Joseph. Mm-hmm. Well, about when he was it was it Joseph? It was Joseph. Yeah, he it was Joseph. My bad, everybody. Yeah, then she said it was rape. Yeah, yeah, that was Joseph. My bad, everybody. That my bad. See, that's why next week we talking about community. That's where the strength of community. Well, I'll end it on that part. But anyway, yes. Oh uh, yeah, of course you can say one more thing. But yeah, it's like you know that's where. In every situation, because, you know, you might have been an alcoholic and those alcoholic thoughts keep coming up. They keep tempting you. 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 And even if it gets to the point where it seems as if they've grabbed a hold of you, there's still an opportunity for you to run away. There's still an opportunity for you for you to escape. No matter how tempting, no matter how many times it might come up, come up to you and no matter how hard of a grasp it might seem like it has on you there's still an uh, opportunity for you to run away even if you running might cost you something you know in this case hopefully it's not your clothes but <laughs> if it ends up getting to the point where you know you running away uh, it costs you something then by all means turn or run away from it because there's a way of escape no matter how hard it is that we allow our minds to put us in a place, in a prison place, and in a prison cell, saying that there's no way out but to do such, such or said action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I heard this for somebody. Your route is not your final destination. What does that mean? Just because you've been in it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years does not mean that you have to make a home, buy a couch, buy some curtains, and make that root of or that addiction, that insecurity, that doubt, that fear your home or your resting place. There was many times in my own process that I felt like um, that I just might as well stay here and remain in the 
this place of sleeping with men and doing this and that and the other because I had been in it for so long. I didn't say see a way out. I didn't have any hope and I didn't have any encouragement and had been a long time. And I, it seemed like I was just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into my mess. And so since I was getting deeper and deeper into my mess, I started finding a love for it or a desire to stay in it because I did not see a way out. But let me tell you something. Jesus encountered me in my mess to show me that he is still the way out. Even when I was in it, I remember sleeping with people or I remember trying to sleep with people. And because I had like visions of their childhood or stuff like that, I used to be like, um, I got to go. Like I got to bounce. Bye. And that's, it started getting like that. I started having very vivid visions and the Lord would show me, Oh, this is why they're doing that. This is why they're doing that. And I would ask them or tell them or, you know, I'd never really prophesied to people, you know, while I was in my mess because I didn't really want to think about God. But I would have visions and I would ask them these questions and they would confirm it. And I would just go home. I wouldn't even do anything. But that was God's way of saying, hey, I'm still with you and I am still the way out. So for those of you that feel like you're stuck, that you cannot get out and you feel like you're too deep into whatever you're into right now, that it feels like you're buried in it. Let me tell you, God will get the shovel. He will uncover the dirt. He will pull you out of that grave and he will resurrect your life. Your root is not your final destination. There is more. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I don't think I have anything to say after that. <laughs> I mean, but just overall, it's like, you know, don't. You know what? This is, we're just going to start the segue. Because next week or the next time that me and Shamante, me and. Uh, Jacoby. Matter of fact, yeah, all three of us, we're going to do it again next week since everybody has touched on the subject of community. It's like because your community makes a difference. This goes both into your, again, what me and Nevaeh were talking about last time about your perception and your perspective. And it also goes into what gets played in your mind because a whole lot of stuff that I've ended up finding out is the community that you surround yourself with will also turn into a voice that go, that comes in your mind. It's like because of the fact that I was running around with a bunch of uh I was running around with a bunch of hoes and a bunch of dudes that, you know, disrespected women and all the X, Ys and Zs, it's like, you know, that became my perception and my perspective so much so that it became the voice in my head to where, you know, even if it if she was a nice girl, I would still disrespect her and treat her wrong all because the voices in my head became or the the voices of my friends in my head became the governing voice in my head to say that, oh, well, she's, you know, she's just this, she's just that, blah, 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 blah. So then from there, you know, I ended up getting to the point to where I just was disrespecting each and every one, each and every woman that I could come into contact with. It's like, you know, so your overall community and who it is that you surround yourself with has more of a hold, uh, more of a, more of an influence. I ain't gonna say a hold because it's a well. We'll use hold in a negative sense, but then influence in a positive sense. If you're around the wrong community, they have the voice, the voices, and the words to keep you uh, held in a place and in a perspective that will keep you bound. But then, if you're right around the right people, 
they give you the influence that's needed in order to escape and change from the old perspective and the old way of thinking and keep and give you something in your mind to battle those uh, negative thoughts. It's like, you know, because it, it wasn't until I started surrounding myself with like minded people. In other words, uh, people that also were trying to escape from their past or um, go through their process with God or come to their healed place and healed point and stuff of that search. Hold on. Oh, shoot. I didn't know this. But this thing caps me at 60 minutes and we're at 55 minutes and 32 seconds. Okay, so yeah, because I didn't know that, you know, those people, because I then noticed that the people that God has started putting around me were giving me the language needed in order to break the mindset and uh, the mindset and the voices in my head so much so that my perspective and my uh, perception were changing. It's like the people in the community that you end up placing yourself around have more of an influence over your life, whether you recognize it or not. So that's what we're talking about next week. Next week, we're talking about community, who it is that you put yourself around, who it is that has a voice in your ear, and overall, who it, or how it is that the people that you surround yourself with have more of a... have more of a... what's the word? I feel like I want to use a good word here. More of an impact. That's a better word than influence. They have a a bigger impact in your life than what you realize. So because I didn't know that this uh, recorder caps me at 60 minutes, (laughs) we're coming to an abrupt end. So overall, go back and listen to whatever it is that you might need to listen to. It's like, you know, getting the word of God at the same time. Trust his process. Then at the same time, allow yourself to look at your situations that the situations as that has happened and or have and had happened in your past that have that might be the birthing place to the negative thoughts or the negative uh impact in your life or the things that might have left a a, a bad stamp on your heart and a bad stamp on your soul to where you know what it is that you're suffering with today and what your what the voices in your mind might be trying to influence you to do all come from something that has happened in your past but the things in your past can be redeemed and be saved by the grace of God and by the washing away of the with the blood of Jesus. Yes. So, <laughs> so it's very much possible in order. Uh, it's very much possible to break out of the things that are keeping you bound from your past that have the influence of your today. That felt like a lot to say. <laughs> But you see what I'm saying. It's very much possible. It's like, you know, you've got three individuals here that all all have been in the trenches. But at the same time, we've all encountered what Jesus can do and how he can end up bringing us to a new place and saving us from the place that we thought we was going to forever be locked in. It's possible to get freedom. It's possible to have a, a, a peaceful a peaceful mindset. It's possible to have a peaceful and restful soul. It's possible to have a heart that is open to love and open to um, open to peace and open to whatever it is that God wants to have for you because let the world say, tell it we're trash right so praying for each and every one of y'all there's a minute and a half left on here so I think it's all ended very well so we're off to go kill ourselves at activate games Woo! so until the next week until the next session this is your host, Chris Duncan, and I got my two bros, Shimante. What up? 
and Jacoby. <laughs> and we are signing off into the next one. Love each and every one of y'all. Praying for each and every one of y'all. And hope that this can bring some type of starting place to the process in order to break break yourself free from everything that the enemy might be trying to do in your mind. The grace of God be with you. The love of God go with you. And may the spirit of our Lord and Savior be with each and every one of y'all. Until next time.